Hello, everyone. Welcome to 87 Lettered. It's your host, Vince and Zev. And t- Hello. And today, we're going to go over uh, our favorite, well, not maybe not favorite, but our, our uh, own sports cars, the WRX. Um, we're going to go through the lineage of the WRX starting in the early 2000s all the way up to present to what we think is coming in 2022, because that's going to be the big change. And then from there... There's a lot of different engines and also a lot of the same engines and engines that we didn't get in the States because we don't (laughs) ever get anything nice, and then we'll go from there. So, uh, we didn't even get the WRX or the STI. In the first generation. Exactly. And that was... GCH chassis, which is the best. Right. And then we got... um, We went immediately to the GD chassis in 2002. Which is the bug eye. And then that was, they were both two liters, which were actually not bad. I mean, they had the same issues that the EJ255s had, but they, the GD chassis was a good chassis. Like, it did well in rally, it did well on the street, people like it for just about everything. GCA did too. We just didn't really experience yeah, we, the glory because. We just didn't get one. We didn't get one. <laughs> well, we got the 2.5 RS. Yeah, which is a good car. Right. And very swappable. We just never got anything turboed. Sold in the U.S. until 2002 with the first GD chassis WRX. And it's kind of, kind of bullshit because I always wanted a two-door STI and we didn't get one and it's bullshit. Yeah, you could swap them now. Well, yeah, but it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. So. You could import them now, too. Oh, that's right, because the... The first two or two years, you could... They're old enough. Or four, three years. I'm just dumb at math. Uh, 93, 94, 95s. They're old enough. Yeah, they are. But trying to find one's probably incredibly hard. Not Although, really. I, maybe not, because Japan has... Because prob- to, to Japan, those cars are commonplace. They're not the same level of, like... Not. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's, not, it's not the same level that it is here. So that we, we know the GC8, like the GC chassis and the GD chassis. The GD chassis is, is, is arguably the best chassis the state's ever got. That's what I was waiting to hear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you only say that because you have one. No, not even yeah. that. Just out of the chassis, that we, it's the smallest. It's the most yeah. compact. Well, yeah, compact and smallest. But the aftermarket and all that stuff, and the best looking. It's nah. The I, I, well, the G, well, no, I mean, but the GD chassis had several different body styles. Just facelift. Well, you had, right, but you had three. You had the bug eye, the blob eye, and then the hawk eye. I've seen some pretty sweet bug eyes. Blob eye. That sounds pretty weird saying it. Never mind. <laughs> well, they're hard I'm, to find. There well, are nice ones, but well, yeah, most of the ones that you find now, especially in PA, are like all like just beat to hell. I mean, but so are so are the blob eyes and even. Even, Hawkeyes, yeah, yeah, even some of the Hawkeyes, I guess, but... What the... Oh, post lady. Oh, I thought that was the cop that was posted over there. Is he huh. still there? Yep, he yeah, he's probably reading a book. Not likely. <laughs> the so... good book. <laughs> the good book. <laughs> but... <laughs> God damn it. All right, so we're... <laughs> so we're... The GD, yeah, the GD chassis, I would say, is probably, from a performance aspect, um, it's one of it is probably the the tied for the first best performing chassis on the market. 
and one of the most sought after. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, the 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 first STI we got was a Blabai, and it was a phenomenal engine. That was an 04. Yeah. Which was also baloney, because that was the first year that we got the STI in the States. Right, and that was also... 11 years after it came out. and Right, and not only did was it the first year, we didn't even get the good engine. No. We didn't We didn't even get the EJ207. They gave us the, the 257, and they were... You realize that's like giving a kid a popsicle and the popsicle's made of fluoride like it's not it's not so they were like we're going to give you arguably the best all-wheel drive system ever made and we're going to tie that together with an adjustable center diff and we're going to give it a bomb ass rear wing and we're going to make it stiff suspension and it's going to look amazing and we're going to take the best engine the subaru ever made to date and we're going to swap it out for not the best engine Subaru ever made. They still have the six-speed STI transmission, which is an incredibly stout transmission. Well, the, yeah, the, GD, the ones the ones out of the, the 05, the 04, 05, and 06 are like well, the ones that everyone wants. Because they're like the, the six-speed transmissions are indestructible compared to the, the, five the, the less than indestructible five-speeds. But they're, they're a phenomenal, I mean... They're a phenomenal car. I mean, they did everything that made them, like, what made them so good was the fact they were lightweight, four-cylinder turbo. They didn't really, they kind of made you, they made you feel like you were driving a race car on the road because you didn't really get a lot of the interior amenities that you would get in a competitive, like, the only, you know, if you went to an Impreza just a traditional Impreza, or you went to a Focus, or you went to any other, like, like economical car. You got more amenities, cruise control, a nice interior, which Subaru still, after 15 years, still hasn't been able to really figure out. Um, but that's just me. Well, so we kind of almost skipped a subject here. The availability of the engines that Subaru's made. Subaru has... Uh, kind of unique Porsche has the same boxer engine style horizontally opposed four cylinders that means you got two banks two cylinders each off of one crankshaft um when they debuted what engine the WRX have two liter the GC8 did they have a 205 I, th- I think maybe Okay, that's one we didn't I, know. I'll, but, I'll, fa- I'll fact check you on that one, because I, I think... But the STIs in everywhere except the U.S., because, you know, screw us, has a EJ207. Fantastic, high-revving, what, a 9,000 RPM, 8,500 yep. RPM redline Higher factory, compression. High compression, and 500 horsepower, you could they make it... They were durable! Reliable. They were reliable! And Japan looked at us and we're like, ha- no, no, and gave us a EJ205. All right, so the difference between the EJ207 and 205, two little bitty numbers, a lot of non-car people like, uh, that like, smaller? Not necessarily. It's just a completely not as good engine. It's- and I'm out of words. No, it's so it's... 
So it was the EZ two oh seven was um a much it's a it was a much more stout motor. It didn't generally have the same issues from a reliability aspect of the the EJ twenty fives. They had a higher compression ratio. The two oh five did too. The two oh five had a higher compression ratio than than the um which for turbo cars isn't always a good thing. Um, but I'm looking up here what the uh, I'm looking up the the engine for the GC1, which is 93 to 06. This is a one 1.5 an EJ151. We didn't get this. This was Latin America. One one point five liter traditional boxer style motor. Um now the GC four ninety three to ninety four had a EJ one an EJ sixteen, which is a one point six liter. Uh then from ninety three to ninety nine went to an EJ eighteen, which is a one point eight liter single overhead cam. The EJ twenty wasn't even in the uh didn't even come out until 99 it's selling here so we didn't even get the ej20 and the two liter until 99 that's what it's showing here now that could be wrong because i'm getting all this off of uh, wikipedia so how <laughs> how uh how accurate that is Some is chubby duty and cheetos it's actually sitting there laughing like oh, they, they stole my edit surprise it's me so the um, <laughs> the wrx sti from the gc8 and the gf8 chassis um came with the and that was japan uk and like australia GF yep had a sti yep gf gf chassis Dude, showing that's the here. wagon yeah yeah so oh so japan uk and the aussies got the ej207 okay until what year um, they still making it. Well, they they still. I mean, they still probably make blocks for it. Like I'm sure they have their version of IAG, um, and that's that's the difference between a lot well, I of meant factory. One more time. Factory. How long was the EJ207 in production? Or um, ninety eight to two thousand is what I'm seeing here. Um, and that doesn't seem right. I mean, I'm just looking up what what it's saying here. Um, but these, this is, these are all engines that we never got in the States. Right. The first thing we got in the States was the O2 WRX with the turbo EJ205 2.0 liter boxer turbo made to do a five speed or a four EAT train automatic transmission, which is junk by the way. I own a few of them, um, <laughs> but they handle more power than the five speeds. They're still automatic. I'll take the five speed. They are. No, and I was talking to a guy. The um, ECUs don't support um, a flex fuel tune very easily. Really? Yeah. Huh. They're not smart enough. Now I have a note for you here that you okay may be uh, very interested in. So does it say twin scroll? One of them does, yes. So the version 7, okay, so the first version of, I don't know why it starts at 7, but the version 7 of the EJ207, okay, so this is the first EJ207 
that. Is that a truck or a Subaru? That's a truck. You never know anymore. That's Subaru owners. So, <laughs> so there's two versions: the version seven, and the version eight of the EJ two hundred seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's some kind of some trade offs here, kind of. So single L- single AVCS. Okay, this is ninety eight. Okay. Single AVCS, so probably on the intakes, top feed injectors. That's pretty. That's like every Subaru engine ever. TGVs are deleted from the factory. Woo-hoo. So this is already we're we're what three things in here, and we are already better than every other post ninety eight WRX NSTI ever. <laughs> right off the bat, TGVs are a tumble generator valve. They're involved emissions. in emissions, which emissions, and cold start and, and technically cold start. Well, emissions cares? is fucked over yeah. the U.S. forever. Which is probably why we didn't get it, honestly. So, the factory deletion is incomplete, though. So, um... Probably means wiring harness? More than likely. Um, basically just some similarities as far as the different stuff that they use for, uh, different compatibilities. So you can use an EJ205, um, parts on a 207, which is, I mean, that's pretty common. The version 8, though, is where shit gets interesting. So uh, one quick thing from the WRX, uh, before we go here, the WRX uh, with the EJ205 had a single, uh, had a single scroll um, VF30 turbo on it. Um, the uh, v- Pre-02? Correct. Or? Okay. Correct. So the version 8, all right, so this is the second gen 207. That was kind of a side note. So the second gen 207, so the newer of the two. Already better, okay? Already better. Mm-hmm. Twin scroll turbo from the factory. So that's something that we didn't get up until I think there was a, a version of it in the early 2000s and then up to the FA20 in, in 2015 with the WRXs, which I hate. Um, They're good engines. We'll touch on those when we get there. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get there when we get there. The AVCS, um, top feed injectors, no TGVs at all. Uh, the intake manifold is one piece, so kind of like you see on the NA cars. Okay. Um, the plugs are one step colder from the factory. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Um, they exhausts are completely different. Um, to make a twin scroll, you need a completely different exhaust. Correct. The VF thirty seven is the turbo that they put on the twin scroll turbo. So that's the turbo that actually I think they brought that in. For the STIs, as far as I know, for the for USDM, I do believe, because we were talking to Christian about that the other day, the VF thirty seven. I think it's a twin scroll, isn't it? I, well, it is a twin scroll. I'm looking at it now, but which one came with a? I'm trying to think of what other. We never got a twin scroll in the US until well, tw- until I mean, fifteen, I guess. Yeah, not on the um, that I know of. So the um the ECU has the same number of shape harness plugs as the US uh, the USDM WRX. So that was like the first gen WRX, the two liter. Um, so, I'm guessing the insinuation there was if you wanted to do an EJ207 swap, technically, it's plug and play. It could potentially be, pl- but I mean, a lot of things on WRXs even now are, are very plug and play. Um, they came with a more aggressive steering rack, which is pretty cool, 13 to 1 steering rack, which is nice because WRXs are 
are infamous for having numb steering racks, with the exception of the 15 STI and up. Steering racks are much better than... They're infamous for being numb. Um, and they relocated the oxygen sensor. So... Wow. Wow! So, over, overall... Overall, they were... I mean, they are... But they were famous for a reason. They were lightweight. They were turbo cars. If you left them alone, and this is the one thing we'll talk about when we talk about whether we should or shouldn't modify our cars. If everyone everyone makes fun of Subarus for being they're infamously unreliable when you make power. That they don't mention though is that if you don't, they're reliable. So it's so we go Somewhat from reliable. So we go from the GC chassis, which is your favorite. Mm-hmm. We go to the GD chassis, which you have one. You have an 06. Yeah. We go to the GR chassis. That's what Vince has. Vince mm-hmm. has a GR chassis. is an 08. And then we go to... The VA chassis. The VA chassis. So the nice thing is 2008 was the first year for hatchback WRX. Well, no, it wasn't. It was because... Well, they made the wagon in 07. But is... I'm okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 2008 is the first year for hatchback because there is a difference between a hatchback and a wagon. Mm-hmm. Yes. So WRX, you could actually only buy in 2008. You could only buy the STI as a wagon. And the really really shitty thing about 2008 in particular is is that Subaru decided they didn't want to be as edgy with their sports cars, and it shows disgustingly. <laughs> so if you look at the previous generation, which was the Hawkeye, which you have, the Hawkeye is significantly more aggressively styled than my car is, yes. and it makes me so mad. So what they did was they rounded off all the edges. They kept the horsepower roughly the same. So the, it's the horsepower all the same engine still. Right. Well, they they upgraded some of the like the way the turbo sits. Um, they they upgraded some of the smaller yeah. thing. Yeah. So like the the turbo flanges and stuff. The um. The intercooler is flanged instead of ah, all right, yeah, stuff like that. So they did some minor upgrades, but everything stayed essentially the same in true Subaru fashion. If you look at, you know, once the EJ two fifty five came out, everything everything's the same now. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is is no, I mean not everything's not the same with the two fifty five, the two fifty seven, the EJ two hundred eight, but they are fundamentally the same. So if you look at until you hit 2015. Okay, 2015 is is the break where Subaru kind of did some things I really liked and then did some things that I didn't particularly care for. So okay, back back a little bit, still explaining the engines. EJ208. I've heard that term before. Legacy turbo. Yeah. Correct. Twin turbo. Okay. EJ, okay, so the EJ208, um, and I'll get you the specs for it now, um, was a twin-turbo setup from Subaru. I don't know a whole lot about them. I haven't seen a whole lot of them. I don't think we've seen any because I don't The reason why you have is because guess what, Zev? They guess weren't what? available? Oh, my God. Wouldn't you know the states never got it? Isn't Whoa. that... Because, because, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But, just like every other cool thing that comes out of Japan, the Stars and Bars gets left behind. But yes, 
And they are in the States. People do swaps of them. Okay. The EJ-208 um, is a JDM-only engine. It's it's cooler than we'll ever get. I think I've seen one at a car show um, once. And I think they are... Um, I think... I don't know much about them. I just know that they were cool and we didn't get them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the engines we did get in the U.S. 2.5 liters. 0203 were a 2 liter Ooh. turbo. 04, they swapped the WRX to EJ255 and was the first year for the STI, which had the EJ257. Every single year after, the STI has the same EJ257. I think Subaru changed the turbos and the new ones make 10 more horsepower than the old ones, but essentially the same engine. Right. When they swapped the WRX to the EJ255, that was in the WRX until 2014. The last year for the GR chassis, which was the wide-body WRX, which is one of the coolest-looking WRXs. And then 2015, when the VA chassis debuted, they had a new engine co-developed with... No, no, it wasn't. It was the FA-20 dual-feed injectors? The FA-20s are side-feeds. Okay. Yeah, they're... um, They were... The uh, BRZ got the dual... So the the BRZ and the... um, Anyways, the the last little bit for the WRX engine timeline. (laughs) Well, FA-20, twin scroll... Direct injection. 2.0 liter direct injection, 2015 plus. Correct. WRX. So. All engines the U.S. got. So they are, and so the, I don't know if I like the FA20, to be honest with you. Because here's here's the issue with the FA20. If we're going to talk about 2 liter engines, I would take an early 2000s 2 liter over an FA20. There's more mods available um, for the EJs. Yes, but here's... They handle about the same amount of horsepower from the factory. Right, but the, the FA has a, has a bit of a problem, though. And it's they can't make power. Really? Why are we looking out the window? Because there's somebody looking in the window. There is? Yeah. You can be in there in that window. He's Ooh. walking down the hill. That was freaky. Yeah. Gonna look sitting on this side of the table anymore. <laughs> I could, I, I could tell, I could feel I was being watched. Um, I could too, and it, I couldn't <laughs> see anything, and it was freaky. So the issue, the issue is. So. Yeah, you're good. So the the issue with the FA20 is is it can it has the capacity to make power. The issue is the higher compression engine than what you're going to get out of the 25s. So they love ethanol. They're infamous for they're famous for loving ethanol. The issue is is that because they're such high compression, if you pump too much boost into them, they bend rods because your compression up top is so high. And your piston's actually reasonably strong, so you something has to give, 
and it's normally the not forged rod. And you got a soft medium shape put in your butt. Yep, pretty much. So it's um now that brings us to the last year, 2020 is the last year for the EJ257. 2021 is. Right. So this this model year is the last year for the EJ257. Oh, model year. Okay. Yeah. I missed that part. Yeah, so bad. the We're almost done with 2020. The question yeah. Forgot about that. Next, don't worry, next year's gonna be worse. It will be. So the question is gonna be bad. The question now that's is Yes, yeah, that's subject. that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. So so the, the question now is 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 the death of the EJ two fifty seven, okay, everything being said before what we're saying now, is the EJ two fifty seven going away a bad thing? Let aside what they say is coming in 2022. Is the EJ257 dying, or being phased out, rather, a bad thing? Oh, no. I don't know who that is. We have a phone call. And... I don't answer the phone here because I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to, huh. All right. So anyway, is the EJ257 dying a bad thing? What say you, Zev? Your opinion, on honestly. The way the EJ257 is right now, when they updated to the Type RA short block in 2018, Handles more power. I don't know if it is a good thing. I know what... Disregarding what's coming. Okay. Yeah, disregarding disregarding what's coming. coming. Is the EJ257 being phased out a bad thing? Not really. I agree. I 100% agree with you. Because EJs do have their issues, yes. Me and Vince both have... EJs that have that, had issues and needed the alleged disassemble rebuilds. <laughs> <laughs> um, the aftermarket support and community that built around the EJ platform, you can go throw a rock in a car meet and hit a Subaru that's been modified. The owners might be douchebags. Sometimes. Sometimes. That's just a stigma, and yes, some of them are, but the people that have modded their Subarus will generally help you and give you information about them, because... They've probably rebuilt them. They've (laughs) probably had that issue, which is really an interesting thing to to know. Yeah. I mean, almost everyone you talk to has done some form of motor work to their EJ. So I'd like to put in a little side note here. I think I almost wonder if Subaru didn't fix the very fixable issues with the EJ because they fully relied on their aftermarket support to do it for them. Nah. <laughs> no, because look at it. Look at it this way: IAG released a set of head gaskets. 
that don't blow. Every single tuning company that makes parts for DJs makes head gaskets. <laughs> that don't blow up. That don't blow out. That don't blow out. Exactly. They came out with the Cylinder 4 cooling mod. Get a Dom tune. I'll throw that out there. Yeah. So they've come out with the fixes. Oh, EJs are unreliable. Well, we've come out with fixes to make EJs reliable to make power to an extent. I mean, you still can't fix the bottom ends. Mm-hmm. But I think, and this is me, you, you may or may not agree, this platform, the EJ25 platform, okay? Okay. 251, 253, 255, 257. They've been around forever. Okay, and this and I'm not I'm not talking about like engines are kind of like technology. 3 years doesn't seem like a long time. In the world of automotive, 3 years to be using the same engine is a long time, and Subaru isn't the only one that does it. Ford does it. Lord knows Chevy's done it. GM's shoved an LS in literally everything that breathes. Harley-Davidson just recently in the last couple years started changing their engines around, kind of. So I think it's time, I do, that we move on from the EJ platform. We don't, it's not a bad platform. It's a phenomenal platform, right? We both own one. We're, we're both on our second engine. We know. But maybe it's a good thing that we're pushing on from the EJ and swapping over to the FA platform. I, it's, I think it's just time. I mean, we can go back and look at motors from the past that have been phenomenal, that whether it was a good move or not, Ford, mo- like Ford moved on from. Ford was the first one in my mind. The 300 straight six is probably the best, best motor to ever come out of America in the terms of straight reliability from not a sports car. It was not a sports car engine, but that you could put in a truck and it just would not die. The best engine to ever come out of Detroit. I don't know enough about American engines to dispute that. <laughs> um, LS. Well, it's just, well, I mean, the, L- the but the LS was designed for something totally different. I know, that's about the extent of my... Right. Knowledge. So, <laughs> let's... I want to take a look at the VA chassis. I do. I really want to sit on the VA chassis um, because we're, we're at the halfway part. We're at the halfway point. We're at 30 minutes. Um, I really want to sit down on the, uh, with the VA chassis, and I feel like we need to sit on this for a little bit and realize, okay, seriously, objectively, the VA chassis is not as bad as we make it out to be. The, the WRX is. The WRX is horrible, okay? And the reason why the, we can sit down and talk about why the WRX is horrible. But I think we need to look at the VA STI and realize it has the potential to be the best STI Subaru ever made. Mostly to do with the STIA Type RA short block that they redesigned in 2018. Right. But let's talk about first why the WRX is bad. Electronic everything. Yes, it's awful. The twin scroll turbo is nice because it spools really fast, and that's great. But I don't know know how much um, you know about when they first came out in 15, but they had horrid, and they might still, they have horrid, Honda Civic SI levels of rev hang. Okay. I didn't know if you... I didn't know that. I was actually... I was doing research for this episode 
and I read that the 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 VHS EWRXs have horrid, horrid red hang. I didn't know that. It can be tuned out just like with the SIs. I didn't know that. Probably something to do with emissions, or because the V A chassis was the turning point pretty much for the WRX from like a sports car or a almost niche car yeah. to a general population car. You'll see three V A chassis for every non V A chassis WRX you see. I and I would agree. I think and I, I think we're on the same we're on the same wavelength on this. It's devolving. If we look at what the WRX was when it came out, what made that WRX great was the fact that it was fun, it was sporty, it was lightweight, it was a fun car that you could drive around and have fun in. I've driven a VA WRX. We were up on the on the PA rally. I drove a VA, I drove a, I can't remember what his name was, it's a blue, yeah, I, dro- I drove his VA WRX. It wasn't inherently a bad car. I didn't enjoy it. I wouldn't own one. I test drove a 2018 one day when I was dropping my Subaru off to get something done with the inspection, I think, at the dealership. I know this dealership. But went over, talked to some of the guys, and they let me test drive one. And the everything is electronically assisted between the clutch, the gear shift, well, the gear selector, yep. and the six speeds. The um, steering doesn't feel anywhere near as mechanical. VA chassis went to Karenized. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree with you. It's a devolved. Mass population. It has devolved beyond what it used to be. It's no longer an engaging car to drive. I think Subaru neglected the WRX and put all of their effort into the STI. And that's why I really. I've had a change of heart on the VA chassis STIs. They are only 120 pounds heavier. 120 so their their curb weight with fluid in them is only 120 pounds heavier than a GD chassis STI. I have it right here. Don't bother looking it up. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> if you if you type if you search the um, 20 20. STI curb weight 3450 okay 2006 STI weight 4000 what that's gross that's gross weight gross weight you need the, oh, I said ST. That's why. Yeah, you need you need the curb weight, not the gross weight. Well, I typed in for an ST. Oh, uh, a Subaru ST. Yeah, that's the hatchback, right, with the crackle pop too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know they made a 06 ST. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't know they weighed six thousand, well, four thousand pounds. Yeah, STI curb weight thirty three fifty. Really? Yeah. Look up a WRX. <laughs> they're not. They're not a as WRX heavy. WRX is a lot lighter. They're not as heavy as you'd think they are. 3350 for a WRX, too? Yeah. I looked it up. It was 3050 the other week. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I told you. So there's there's really no weight difference. Which comes as a big surprise because you park mine beside yeah. any VA chassis. And it's it huge. looks sm- Yeah. So 
as soon as I saw that, that was my biggest argument with the VA chassis cars is they had gotten chunky. And they gained a little weight. Listen, that's like <laughs> you, that's like your car with a middle schooler in it. Like that's that's the only the only the literal only difference in in a stock STI. Okay, we'll, we'll take the STI just to keep it comparable. Mm-hmm. So if you take a Hawkeye STI and a Hawkeye VA chassis, the only difference in weight is a twelve year a twelve year old. Like that's that's <laughs> it. Like there's no actual like remote difference. Wait, from I'm that. at 150 pounds. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So like another another Zev. Like it's just another one of you. So let's look at the 2021 STI. So the one that came out at the beginning of 2020. All right, so this is why this car isn't so bad. Out of the, first off, it's lasted the longest out of its all its primary competitors. Its primary number one competitor was what? Evo. Uh-huh. Huh. So <laughs> its main competitors now, okay, this is off of uh, Cardigo.com. Um, these are all recent specifications. This is going to be debating the 21 WRX STI, the 21 Veloster N, Type R, and GTI, which we finally got. Thank you, Honda. So, the 2021 Subaru WRX STI, when it was tested objectively, had the fastest 0 to 60, fastest quarter mile, and fastest top speed, despite the fact that it is heavier than all of its, its opponents. It is heavier than the Veloster N by a significant margin. Um, it has a faster 0 to 60 time by about 0.4 seconds, which is pretty good. It doesn't seem like a lot from the outside but from a, from a quarter mile perspective that's a pretty good margin um it is 0.4 seconds faster than a type r it is a whole second faster in the quarter mile than a veloster and and a whole second faster in the quarter mile than a golf gti now its trap speed was slower it trapped at 150 on the is its top speed rather. That didn't actually trap. That's not a trap speed. That's the top speed. So it does have. It, it's um, five miles per hour on the top end, slower than the Veloster and the Volkswagen Golf, and it is 15 miles an hour slower on the top end than the Type R. So just just some information there. But in the quarter mile. In the quarter mile, in zero to sixty time. The STI is faster on both. And a lot of that, I would reckon, as it's comparing against the the only only competitors are three front-wheel drive vehicles. (laughs) I think actually the GTI is all-wheel drive, isn't it? The R is all-wheel drive. Yeah. So it's significantly faster quarter mile and zero to 60 times. Um, Fuel economy doesn't really matter. Um... Now, something else to keep in mind, it has lower profile tires than some of its competitors as well, which you wouldn't think. The Well, those come with a 18 or a 19-inch wheel factory. 18, I want to say. But they're uh, 254, 350s, 302s on all four corners. Um, the Veloster runs 290s. Um, the Civic Type R runs 270s, and the Golf GTI runs 317s. So, something to keep in mind there. What wheel specs? What are you looking at? Wheel sizes? Wait, oh, no, that's right? why That's why it looks weird, because it's not actual tire sizes. Yeah, I was looking at that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's range. Okay, 
That's my fault. I misread that. I apologize. So those are actually the ranges. If I see an yeah. N, a velocity <laughs> N, well, that's why three fifty. <laughs> I wouldn't raise it. I looked at, I, as soon as I said that. Me neither. As soon as I said that, I'm like, huh, that doesn't seem quite right. And then I looked over. I'm like, oh, that's range. Huh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oof. All right. Well, that's my fault. Um. Seating capacity is really irrelevant. Um. Okay, so here's power figures um, and base prices. So for somebody that's looking into buying a newer sports car, this is what you basically have. Um, the WXSTI for 2021, so this model year, um, was actually um, at the max $8,000 more than the leading competitor. That's expensive. Yes. Um, now that was the Volkswagen Golf GTI. Um, give me one second here. Where go? Um, so these are all out of six speed manuals. So these were compared as it, it looks like as, as side to side as they could get it. So, um, and at minimum, only, uh, it looks like a couple hundred dollars more. So the, the STI was started at $36,995. The Veloster N3420, uh, the Civic, the Civic Type, the Civic Type R is 35700 but I'm not really going to count it that way because the dealer markup when those cars came out was atrocious. People were spending $50,000 for a Type R. Nowadays, they might, because it's not a limited run anymore. Right. It's a full production car. The cheapest one was the, the Volkswagen at twenty less than 29000 out the door, uh, which is pretty good. Um, it's but, also one of the smallest cars and probably one of the more mass-produced ones, too. Right. So the, the power and torque numbers are, what's, are what is uh, pretty good, because really, Subaru has the highest horsepower and torque. Well, comparable mm-hmm. torque. Um, the STI is making 310 at uh, 310 crank at uh, 6,000 RPM. Uh, the Veloster is making 275 crank at 6,000. The Type R is making 306 at 6,500. So that's where it's starting to get comparable. Those numbers are close enough where we could say they're making the same. The Volkswagen GTI is only making 228 horsepower. So they are significantly below the mark on that one. Volkswagen is. Torque they factors. They don't have a arc to compare it to? A Golf R? They don't have a Golf R. They just have the GTI. No. Um, the torque factors um, are even more comparable. So you're looking at 290 for the WRX, uh, 260 for the Veloster, uh, 295 for the Civic Type R. So we could take the Type R and the STI, and I would, I would say they're comparable. They are numerically within five all the way around mm-hmm. so i would say those five horsepower are completely they're negligible that is five horsepower is what you get if the air was three three degrees colder i would call those the same all the way around really yes i don't know i'm i'm guessing I'll on that. but um for the sake of argument i would say the wx and the sti are the same the only differing factor, despite the the STI being heavier, are the uh, two rear drive tires. 
Um, and the Volkswagen, again, only making 258 foot-pound of torque. So it's, it's down on power and torque, um, which is why you're spending less money, um, which is weird because obviously the Type R and the uh, Veloster N are also making power out of a 2-liter inline 4 that are both turbocharged. So the VA chassis, STI, is better than all of its, all of its competitors. Um, it is a little bit more. It's not as friendly to the pocket, but it is a better performing engine. It is faster. Um, it makes more power. And honestly, it's, I think, I think we don't give the, the, uh, the STI. I don't think we give the, I don't think we give the VHS STI enough credit. Uh, person i think it's i think it's a great car i think we we say we don't like it but then we realize that it doesn't really weigh that much more than your car uh that weight again and the grand scheme of things for what we do with our cars is negligible i don't think you would feel that extra 120 pounds on the road i've never driven it so i wouldn't know uh but for running road rally you're getting all those those amenities the comfort the um the six-speed manual you're going to get the nicer interior. Again, it's going to be more comfortable. It's a better car for what we do. We run Road Rally. Uh, the VA chassis is the best car, I think. Uh, One of person. the most popular, too, in the group. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for that. I mean, they are a good car. I um, found... Huh? That thing's ringing off the charts tonight, man. So I found something. It's a Corvette Forum, but it looks legit. Um, 10 degrees cooler will gain you about 1% horsepower. So if mine was dynoed on an 80 degree day, and it's 40 degrees out now, 350 wheel. That's 3%. 3.5 horsepower for 10 degrees. 3.5 times 4 is like 369 nice give take i ran it up so i I think the va chassis um this chassis car i think this is where we get into what we're expecting for 2022 this chassis car will benefit greatly from a car that makes significantly more horsepower um and this is kind of where it gets speculative because we don't know I, I, I know what I've read as far as what we're expecting, mm-hmm. um, and I know what I've seen, which is a FA24, 2.4 liter, um, which was borrowed from the Ascent. And played with by Subaru and Toyota with their partnership that they'd made. Correct. And have extended, I believe. And we are looking at, so what they've done is what Subaru's done is they've t- they've looked at they took the FA platform so the FA twenty in the WRX and the FA twenty four in the Ascent they've the looked F- at it and the FB twenty in the BRZ eighty six correct and they've taken it and they've gotten consumer feedback and I think they have started to fix the issues that the EJ platform had um, they have strengthened rods uh, beefier bottom end beefier main bearings. Um, so, uh, we won't have the issue that, uh, we had with, um, James's WRX hmm. rip, hmm. <laughs> rip. Um, 
You'll have to tell me what's going on with that after the show. I don't I don't know what's going on with that, to be honest with oh. you. Actually, I kind of do. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're not going to have bottom-end failure, hopefully, as much. Uh, we're looking at 400 horsepower, 400 crank horsepower um, out of the factory, which is... A lot for a four-cylinder. <laughs> I, You know what? That's, that's respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 300 horsepower in 2020 is underpowered. Um, I was hoping for and expecting off the lot with a 700 horsepower Dodge. (laughs) Right. But it also weighs 5,000 pounds and well, wait, doesn't matter. It's still 700 horsepower. (laughs) Right. But we're, we're looking at, I mean, we're looking at 300 horsepower in 2020s, I think is incredibly underpowered. Um, realistically, I think it should have been 350 out the door, um, would have been reasonable for this kind of car. Um, but with that being said, Zev, um, any last closing thoughts? I'll stick to my GD chest. You're going to stick to the, <laughs> I, I think, I think reasonably, I think we can, we can look at this reasonably and say the VA STI, um, in my opinion is one of the best STIs ever made. You're getting the... The performance of the GD chassis STIs with a little bit of weight, more comfort, um, and honestly, I think they look good. Um, how how good is is up to debate. Some people don't like them. I don't like the way the I think the wing kind of makes it. I don't like the way the the WRXs look. I they're just gross. I don't like them. Um, with that being said, uh, that's our thoughts on uh, the the VA chassis, the GR chassis, GC chassis, GD chassis. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Let us know what you think. Uh, this should be available on all. All platforms. Let us know what you think. Join us next time and we'll talk to you later. Thanks.